Say hello to a new friend on an old road. Take a two-lane trip of memories into mysteries unknown. Come along for the ride. Jim Hinckley's America. Jim Hinckley's America. Hey, good morning, everyone. A little bit of road trip inspiration there from Joel and Woody and my friends there at uh, the Road Crew, Road Crew 66. If you happen to need a theme song for your adventure on the back roads of America. Hey, we're continuing our uh, walk on the dark side of Route 66, sharing a few tales from my book, Murder and Mayhem on the Main Street of America, Tales from Bloody 66. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, Jim Clark, Ray Terrell, and the Kimes Brothers. These boys got uh, lost in the shuffle, if you will. Most everybody talks about Bonnie and Clyde and John Dillinger, Pretty Boy Floyd, and other Depression-era gangsters. These were the real deal. And uh, afterwards, I'll talk a little bit about Sunday morning's program, give you a little bit of a teaser about uh, Coffee with Jim, our travel program on Sunday mornings, 7 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. Jim Clark arrived in the Central Park District around 1921. Two years later, he was arrested for burglary. After his release, he moved to Texas worked in the oil fields and launched a smuggling business in 1927, bringing liquor across the border from Juarez, Mexico. Shortly after he returned to Tulsa and was soon arrested for burglary. On March 31, 1928, he was sentenced to serve five years in the state penitentiary, but was paroled, paroled a year later. The following year, on March 14, 1932, he was sentenced to two years in prison for stealing a car in Sequoia County, Oklahoma. Six weeks later, he made his escape. On June 17th, he was arrested with Frank Sawyer and Ed Davis in a stolen car near Rich Hill, Missouri. Their arrest occurred shortly after the robbery of $47,000 from a bank in Fort Scott, Kansas, a crime the three were later charged with. Interestingly enough, the money was never recovered. The bank robbery, however, was committed by the Carpus and Barker gang, using revolvers smuggled into the prison at Lansing, Kansas. Clark was one of 11 prisoners who escaped on May 30, 1933. Clark and a fellow escapee, Clifford Dobson, separated from the others shortly after their getaway. In Missouri, near Springfield, while hitchhiking on Route 66, B.K. Blair and Alice Braithwaite of Joliet gave them a ride. The young couple was taken hostage and forced to drive to Neosho, Missouri, where they were released. The hostages confirmed to police that Clark and Dobson had killed Officer Otto Durkee, a decorated World War I hero, in Totopa, Kansas, during their flight. Clark joined with criminals William Underhill, Harvey Bailey, Robert Big Bob Brady, in Cookson Hills, Oklahoma. There they made plans for a bank robbery. 
On July 3rd, the gang drove down into Clinton, Oklahoma, on Route 66, and robbed the bank of $11,000. The following month, on August 7th, they hit the bank of Kingfisher, Oklahoma. Plans to rob a bank in Brainerd, Minnesota were aborted after Bailey was arrested by the FBI in Paradise, Texas, during a raid on the ranch belonging to George Machine Gun Kelly. Underhill, along with Clark and Brady, robbed the bank in Frederick, Oklahoma on October 6, 1933. They escaped with $5,000 from the teller's cage after falling for a ruse about an inability to open the safe. They left more than $80,000 behind. They made their getaway with three hostages who were later released in Indian, Indian Homa, where the duo stole another car. They crossed the Texas Panhandle on Route 66 and headed for New Mexico, but police had located their getaway car with information that allowed them to establish roadblocks near Tucumcari, New Mexico. After their arrest, Clark and Brady were extradited to Kansas, returned to the prison in Lansing. Then on January 19, 1934, Clark and Brady again escaped, this time with five other inmates. Clark and Frank Delmar kidnapped Louise Dresser, a schoolteacher, and drove his car to t Tulsa. Clark's girlfriend, Goldie Johnson, met them there with a car and they released the hostage. Clark and Delmar then launched an intensive bank robbing spree in Kansas and Oklahoma. During a robbery in Goodland, Kansas, on February 9th, Clark was shot in both feet by a police officer shooting from underneath the robbery car, a nearby car. On May 9th, after recovering for several months, the duo hit a bank in Wetmaka, Oklahoma, and got $500. On May 31st, they struck the same bank in Kingfisher that Clark had robbed with Underhill, Bailey, and Brady. And then after robbing another bank in Crescent, Oklahoma, on June 20th, they traveled from Tulsa to Clinton on Route 66 and robbed the bank in Clinton again. By the summer of 1934, Clark was listed as a public enemy by the FBI, and the governor of Kansas personally offered a $200 reward for his capture, dead or alive. The State Banking Association also offered a reward, and a special state police squad was established in Kansas. After an extensive manhunt, he was arrested in Tulsa on August 1st. Tried and convicted on federal bank robbery charges, Clark received a 99-year prison sentence and on January 14, 1935, was sent to Leavenworth, where he spent two years before being transferred to Alcatraz in 1937. Jim Clark was an associate of the Central Park Gang and uh, was an associate with some rather prolific and scary people. Counted among the most prolific and violent graduates of the Central Park School of Strong-Arm Artists, thieves, extortionists, burglars, pickpockets, were Ray Terrell and the Kimes brothers, George and Matthew. Terrell's first attempt at bank robbery ended with a conviction for second-degree burglary and a sentence of two years in the state prison. Using the alias G.R. Patton, Terrell partnered with Arthur Barker, of the uh, Ma Barker gang to rob a bank in Muskegee, Oklahoma on January 15, 1921, and the two were caught in the act. 
Shortly after his release on March 1st, 1923, Terrell teamed up with Al Spencer, an associate from the Central Park days who was running a gang of bank robbers. On March 26, in Manford, Oklahoma, a robbery went awry. Two people were killed during a firefight and getaway that became a multi-state running a gun battle. On August 20th, 1923, Terrell, members of Spencer's gang, and Frank Nash stole an estimated $20,000 in cash and bonds from the Katy Limited near Okessa, Oklahoma. It was the last recorded train robbery in that state's history. Spencer died in a shootout with police a month later. Terrell phoned his own gang with Herman Barker, William Underhill, and Elmer Inman, Central Park veterans with criminal records. The gang developed a signature method for after-hours burglaries of banks and stores. Safes were loaded into stolen trucks, driven to Herman Barker's hideout at Radium Springs Health Resort near Salina, Oklahoma, where they were opened by safe crackers. Empty safes were then dumped at a nearby bridge, and the trucks were abandoned in neighboring communities. The gang operated with impunity until Terrell and Inman were arrested for burglary in Ardmore, Oklahoma in 1926. They each drew a sentence of five years but escaped together on September 27, 1926. And immediately, Terrell began putting another gang together. Meanwhile, George and Matthew Kimes robbed their first bank in Depew, Oklahoma. The first community was bypassed in a Route 66 realignment on June 30, 1926. Matt had escaped from the jail in Bristow the day before. On August 20th, they stole an estimated $5,000 from a bank in Beggs, Oklahoma. And a few a week later, the brothers were stopped by police in Salisaw. During the escape and running gun battle, Deputy Perry Chukalot was killed and two hostages taken as the brothers fled into Arkansas. Surrounded near Rudy, the next day at the home of Ben Pixley, a cousin, the wounded brothers surrendered to police and were jailed in Salisaw to await trial. George was sentenced to 25 years for bank robbery and sent to McAllister Penitentiary. Matthew was given a sentence of 30 years for the death of the deputy. Terrell led a daring raid on the Salisaw jail with Herman Barker and Elmer Inman on November 20th, 1926, and freed Matthew Kimes. The newly formed gang followed Route 66 into Sepulpa, Oklahoma on January 10th, 1927, and robbed the bank of more than $42,000. A week later, Herman Barker, Elmer Emden, and Matthew Kimes were caught burglarizing a bank in Joplin, Missouri. During the high-speed chase that ensued, Kimes escaped into Kansas. Terrell and Barker made it to a safe house in Carterville, but were surrounded by police a short time later. In the shootout that followed, Barker and Terrell surrendered. Terrell was being returned to prison in McAllister when on January 19th, he escaped from custody. A few days later, he joined Matthew Kimes and the duo launched another crime spree. On May 27th, Terrell was identified in a daring daylight bank robbery in McCune, Kansas, 
in which more than $200,000 was taken. Two days later, Kimes and Terrell returned to Beggs, Oklahoma with nine gunmen and robbed two banks. The escape became a running gun battle, and Marshal W.J. McAnally died in the street from multiple gunshot wounds. Terrell and Inman fled east and were arrested in Hot Springs, Arkansas, on November 26, 1927. Matt Kimes and Raymond Doolin, another Central Park associate, went west following Route 66. In June of 1927, Blackie Wilson, a Kimes gang member arrested during a robbery, confessed to numerous crimes in the hope of leniency, and he provided details on gang members, saying that Kimes and Doolin were headed for Arizona and possibly California on Route 66. Information about the gangster's flight west was kept from the press, but shared with law enforcement agencies along the Route 66 corridor and throughout Oklahoma. Clark Compton, police chief of Muskogee, had grown up with John Parsons, the Coconino County Sheriff in Flagstaff, Arizona. On June 17th, he sent the following wire. Have information that Matthew Kimes and wanted outlaws will be in your territory around uh, June 18th or June 25th. I, I have been informed they will rob two payrolls at the Grand Canyon. If traveling by auto, they will be driving a Packard, Studebaker, or Buick sedan. Photos and descriptions follow. These men are armed and dangerous. Sheriff Parsons forwarded the information to Bert Lausen, custodian at Bright Angel Trail, and constable at the Grand Canyon, as well as police departments in Winslow and Holbrook, Arizona. On June 23rd, 1927, Leo Smith at the Grand Canyon Registry Office recognized Kimes from the descriptions and photos, notified Burt Lawson and Sheriff Parsons. At about 2.30, Sheriff Parsons walked into the cafe at the El Tovar Hotel and, according to reports, said to Matthew Kimes, quote, Young fella, what's your name? Kimes identified himself as Harry Watson, but when questioned further, agreed to accompany the sheriff to the park headquarters. With Parsons in the passenger seat and Kimes behind the wheel of his Buick, the duo headed to the office at the bottom of the hill. Claiming that he had been experiencing problems with the brakes, Kimes increased speed, ran a stop sign, and with the sheriff distracted, pulled a hidden gun from under the seat. Before the car came to a stop, Kimes and Parsons were engaged in an intense wrestling match for control of the gun and the car. Erratic shots were fired. Garage foreman Curly Enos and trail foreman George Cravey ran to the scene, but Kimes had escaped running toward Verkamp's store. Sheriff Parsons, Constable Burt Lawson, and at least a dozen armed men initiated an intense manhunt, and a few, later, a few hours later, Enos and Cravey captured Kimes, who surrendered meekly without a fight. He was transported to Williams by train that evening and then to Flagstaff the following day. Enos and Cravey were each paid $750 in reward money for tracking and capturing Kimes, while Parson and Leo Smith, the gate attendant who spotted Kimes, were each paid $375. Though it is unrelated to Route 66, the final chapter of the Kames Tar Terrell gang is worth noting. Ray Terrell died in prison. Kimes, however, again escaped from Mount McAllister 
With the help of well-paid, influential friends, he had obtained a six-day leave of absence and was released to go quail hunting with his lawyer on November 26, 1934. He was given another leave of absence in November 1945 and used the opportunity to escape and rob a bank in Morton, Texas. Before he could be recaptured, Kimes was struck by a poultry truck in North Little Rock, Arkansas, and on December 1, 1945, he died in the hospital under the alias Leo Woods. Tulsa Central Park gang has been forgotten. However, between 1920 and 1930, this wild bunch cut a wide swath throughout the Midwest and often garnered international headlines. And they were not the only Depression-era bandits from this city. Hey, that's from my book, Murder and Mayhem on the Main Street of America. We ran over a little bit late today, but I wanted to share this exciting story with you. Uh, Join us Sunday morning for an episode of Coffee with Jim, 7 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. We will be, uh, we've been profiling cities. We uh, did uh, Los Angeles two weeks ago. This past Sunday, we talked about St. Louis. This week, we're going to talk about Oklahoma City and Tulsa. Sure hope you can join us. It's going to be a road trip inspiring program. I guarantee it. Today's program is sponsored in part by the Wagon Wheel Motel See in Cuba, Missouri, you, friend. and the Roadrunner Lodge On in Tucumcari, New Mexico. Take a two-lane trip of These delightful time capsules enhance any Route 66 adventure. Come along for the ride. The Wagon Wheel Motel is the oldest continuously operated motel on Route 66. And the Roadrunner Lodge, well, that is an absolute living time capsule from 1964. Check them out. Until we meet again, my friends. Adios and vaya con Dios.